Episode 57. Which podcast? Oh, the I Want More Comics one. My name's Richie. I'm Sean. I'm Zach. There you go. (laughs) You almost forgot where you were. I almost did. I was like, hey guys, welcome to the, I was going to say the Sewing Network podcast, which I'm also a co-star of. I don't listen to that. You should. It's really great. (laughs) About sewing? Yeah. I mean, you know, patches. you get your cosplay together? Yes. (laughs) Why do you say it like that? (laughs) Say cos. Say it like what? Play. Play. Cosplay? (laughs) Cosplay. (laughs) Um, with that, let's move into the news. News. All right. Well, so in the news, um, <laughs> I just want to talk about one thing and one thing only here. Yeah. Uh, this week was the anniversary of Jack Kirby's birth. Yes. He would have turned 100 years uh, this week if he mm-hmm. was still uh, with us. So I wanted to uh, just take this new segment here and talk about... Uh, what does Jack Kirby mean to you? Um, you know, to, uh, for yeah. all three of us. So absolutely, because uh, Jack Kirby. Yeah, well, we'll get into it. But what does Jack Kirby mean to you? Uh, to me, Jack Kirby's just kind of like if Stanley is the idea of everything that we love. Jack Kirby is the visual. He is the image that we picture um, because of that love. And we go so far as to say the execution. Yeah, I would. I would say that as well. Where. It, Since Stan would show up and give him an idea, and right. he would draw out the entire comic, punch it through before yeah. there were actual words to go with it or <laughs> right. a script. Right. So the man had vision for yeah. sure. I mean, when you look at things as iconic uh, like Captain America and Spider Man, you get one thing. But for me, uh, it's his God's work that I love. Uh, Dark Side, in particular, is one of my favorite designs, and I think iconically can't be changed. He's so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an out, outer-worldly kind of concept that had no reference at the point, and now I would say that even when you build when you build outside sci-fi, now you can kind of use Dark Side as an archetype, you know. Sure. And uh, I've just I've loved his the way he illustrates comics uh, for a very long time, even before I knew I did, you know, you knew he's one of those guys that you find out, like, you've loved him for a really long time even though you don't, you didn't know his name at the time sure for me, I got it Sean, what about you? Um, he's fantastic, Kirby's set the trend for how to draw dynamically and tell a story with just the picture yeah, He's, he's one of the forefathers that came up with this this silly little superhero medium that we all love (laughs) so um his designs are second to none to me some of them are a little wacky some of them get to be a little crazy right like that like like for example i always kind of thought the black racer was a little odd with the skis yeah Yeah. it's a little strange (laughs) yeah whatever (laughs) but then you have stuff like galactus and the silver surfer we're talking about iconic. Silver sure. Surfer is super iconic. Yeah. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, and then I mean, even the, the group of Fantastic Four. Yep. And every everything that he helped he helped create with Marvel was just fantastic. Right. And then to go over and completely do it fresh at DC was fantastic. <laughs> and before that, he was doing romance comics and he was doing westerns. And, and in the forties, he was doing the war propaganda stuff with Captain America. The, yep. He did Cap, the Newsboys, and all that stuff. I'd so. Seen- and that's that's another but no, thing. But nobody could draw like, well, I mean, people could could copy him now to an extent, but nobody uh-huh. could quite draw that same well, no. picture of a hand that's coming at your face. Every time and I'm the hand is as big as the, the body, right. but you get you get the idea that he's trying to convey Dynamics. it. It's, it's coming yeah. at you that hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely, he is he is amazing, bar none. I, people have told me that they don't like Kirby, and if you don't necessarily like his style. Get it because people are all. I mean, artists ex- extremely right. subjective. Yes, but you have to at least appreciate what he's brought for of the course. medium. Yeah, I think that you're not 
you're not really analyzing it correctly if you don't f- understand the appreciation for it, you know? Yeah, er, er, on the earlier days of the internet when I was a silly fool and I would actually start arguing actually, with people, <laughs> I don't I do that anymore. Because yeah, I've learned my lesson from early on in, like, you know, the early 2000s when you'd argue with people. Yeah. I got in an argument with somebody about Jack Kirby because he didn't like him. He didn't understand why he was even popular. People should just get rid of his artwork because it's trash. And this guy told me this, and I was like, you have no basis of concept of yeah, that's a very interesting the medium in itself. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And he didn't... We're talking about a founder. <laughs> yeah. He didn't... He just didn't understand where I was coming from. And right. I, I obviously was floored. Right. That sure. he had this opinion, and I was yeah. just like, I'm actually going to argue with you on the internet right yeah, now, because this this, you're just a silly bastard, and this needs to be You were addressed. sitting there, <laughs> you were drinking your Lipton's iced tea, and you just spit it all out, and we're like, uh-uh, we're getting into this. <laughs> I'm going to type. <laughs> I'm angry. I'm going to type angry at you. This is my <laughs> business. <laughs> what about you, Zachy? Uh, so, uh, I'm I'm in the same kind of boat with you guys. Um, I think that uh, comics today wouldn't be what they are without Jack Kirby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, one of the things I think, like you said earlier about Stan Lee, um, Jack Kirby deserves to have that um, same kind of recognition because I think that without Jack Kirby for uh, Marvel especially, but DC as well, like you said with the New God stuff. You don't have Marvel. Uh, you don't have Marvel at all. You don't no. have the Fantastic Four. You <laughs> don't have the X-Men. How much, how much of the actual Marvel Universe was created in the first hundred issues of the Fantastic Four? Uh, about 80% of it. Right. <laughs> and then what wasn't so, created there, they did the X-Men. They did the X-Men. And that was yeah, all Kirby. And that well. was Kirby as well. <laughs> um, Oops. I mean, if you look at it, Avengers, you know, just Across the board, um, when they got to resurrect a character that he hadn't worked on in now that you was it thirty five years or something. But yep. to that point, I mean, there's there's almost no, I mean, there's almost no um, uh, Marvel book that uh, there's almost no Marvel book that. Uh, <laughs> Jack Kirby didn't work on at least at the the beginning. I mean, Spider Man with Steve Ditko is going to be the um, is going to be the one that you know people are going to point to and say that he didn't work on it. Well, he did do the concept art for but, the Amazing Fantasy 15. But he did. He did the he did the cover, and he but he did X Men. He did um, Fantastic Four. He did the New God stuff. Yeah. He did. Um, I mean, just just crazy across the board, and he was the one who, and you you can you can he- hear different creators talk about him. Um, even somebody like Jim Lee, yeah, says that his dynamics uh-huh. come from Kirby. Well, you How- he was talking about the hand, and I keep thinking about like the the muscly guys always having their shoulder up and their one arm up and the one arm down by their tummy mm-hmm. when they're rushing, like you know, thing and. Hulk and stuff like that. Absolutely. Like, mm. well, well, you, to, you, you want to make him look like a giant big yeah, hulking yeah. monster. <laughs> you want to be that big yeah. burly thing yeah. coming at you. So, so it's one of those things where it makes me a little bit sad that, um, you know, a he normal, a normal, a normal housewife mm-hmm. nowadays. You go Stanley. Know it immediately. Yeah. Know who Stanley is. Yeah. Jack Kirby. No idea. No idea. Yeah. Uh, unless you're a comic book person. Right. Um, I'm actually really excited that DC's been doing like the one shots. And they've been selling pretty well because um, in previous years, you well, know, it's a way to get people introduced to some of these characters he, he had created for DC. Yes, right. And and like you said, um, you know, it doesn't. Like you said, it doesn't. For me, it doesn't have to be a thing where you have to be a huge Kirby fan and you need to buy everything that he's done, and you need to have a tattoo of Jack Kirby. You know, if that's not your thing, I get it. But without him, I definitely think that um, he introduced that raw action dynamic that wasn't there before. Right. Um, he is the one who kind of made comic book art before it was cartooning. And some of it's great. Yeah. Will Eisner's spirit stuff is well, breathtaking and amazing. As much as I like Windsor McKay, it's his stuff was still it's cartoon. flat panel, more yep. cartoon stuff. Yep. There wasn't the same dynamics as yeah, there were exactly. with Kirby stuff. Right. Kirby introduced what happens when a super soldier fights a guy in armor and stuff's going to explode. And he was the one who... Um, who did that? So, um, I'm I'm personally I'm a huge fan of Jack Kirby. Um, I I wish that's one of my biggest regrets is that I could never meet him and get something signed and say hello to him because he passed not. Well, I was into comics, but yeah, I wasn't into 90s. comics enough to, to yeah. go to shows yeah. necessarily yet. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing so that's sad. I never had a chance to I meet him. I just got him in. Well, and that's so the thing that's really sad is that when he died um, in 1994, you know, 
it, it, comics weren't where they are now. Mm-hmm. And so, at like San Diego Comic Con, um, there it's you can find small, some so much smaller. You could you could find some. Uh, <laughs> well, you can find some videos on um, online about uh, Mark Evanier. Uh, he's been a long time uh, friend of Jack Kirby, and also somebody who. Uh, you know, always talks about Kirby. He was one of his, you know, better friends towards the 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, he would say that, you know, they'd go to San Diego Comic-Con, and they would go a day, and ten people would show up to get him to sign. Mm-hmm. You know, and he and he should be like Stan Lee, four hours waiting to get stuff signed. Massive amounts of lines, people yep. just yeah. clamoring. So, yeah. so he died before he could see, you know, these movies. Where his and, legacy actually has. Yeah, been. exactly. So, um, that makes me sad, but uh, uh, if you've not checked out my biggest thing is I think that everyone should check out Jack Kirby for a comic book fan. Though he is at least well, gone, I think so you he should have to watch the Fantastic Four movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, still, I think you should absolutely Google I think his, you should check his it out. original pencil art. Pencil art, yeah. yes. Because his originals, yes. every time I see him, I want to go find Vince Galetta's grave and punch it. <laughs> Just because <laughs> he inked them so terribly. Yeah, I mean, right. he even grabbed his kids and um, told them to ink the Kirby pages, and they were like 10 years old. So, oh, so just definitely trace the lines. Up. Yeah, just trace the lines. Little Johnny. Which is which <laughs> is not awful. Yes. That's why when you take an, an actual page from Kirby it's and look at it, you're crazy. just like, holy crap. Yes. Because there's so much going on there. Yeah, there's so, so much that got hidden and buried. I 100 agree. So, so if you if you you know if you are a new comic book fan, if you're somebody who's um, been into it for just a little bit but never delved into Kirby, I highly recommend finding something and checking it out. Yeah. Whether it's like like uh, Richie said, the New God stuff at DC or the you know whatever Fantastic Four, X Men, <laughs> well, whatever you know, it X-Men. is. X Men. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic Four. You know. Exactly. Check that out uh, because. Um, I think that that legacy of his humans, Black Panther, whatever, exactly, uh, is super important to um, <laughs> to uh, comics. So, um, yeah, it would have been cool if he was still around at 100 years old. What's your so. Who's your favorite Kirby creation? You said Dark Side. Absolutely, Dark Side. Dark Side. Um, ooh, uh, you know what? I might have to go with. Uh, uh, to be fair. Mr. Miracle is. I was gonna say. I, I was gonna say that. I was gonna say that in the same kind of realm, it might be Orion. So you might start with Surfer. Uh, Surfer's Surfer, great. So yeah. But I would argue that Surfer is just as weird as um, Black Racer. Black Racer, because he has a surfboard. <laughs> because he has skis. a surfboard. Sure. He's kind of surfing you think, through the galaxy. But like, when you think about it, he's a guy on a silver surfboard in space, but he's never been it, on Earth. It just but clicks yeah. right, you but know. It does Especially click next right. to Galactus and stuff. Where, where, I agree. Okay. I love Silver Surfer. I love. I love. Um, and again, Jack Kirby didn't just draw; he wrote the New God stuff as well. Yeah. And I think that some of the archetypes that he did, um, Orion with his, he's the son of Darkseid, mm-hmm. but he was raised by um, High Father, right. and so he's a good guy, but he has this, you know, like you said, it's Orion and Mr. Miracle um, are two of the coolest things, I think. I just like the dynamic between Mr. Miracle and Barda. Oh, those guys, like, yeah. Kind of the reversal of, like, <laughs> I can escape and Bart is just this tank of a woman. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, at Marvel, I really love his X-Men. I mean, I the very first X-Men comic books I read were the Essentials, the original Jack Kirby stuff, where mm-hmm. Iceman is a snowman right. person, which is great, and he's throwing snowballs at people. Iceman. Um, yeah, those are fun. So, um, But if you had, if I could, if Jack Kirby was alive for 10 minutes and said, you, you want me to draw you something, I'd like an original Orion. I think that would be pretty awesome. So, what about you? Surfer, 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 surfer. Dark side, Orion, and surfer. So, yeah, downtown. Surfer okay, all the time. Yeah, and um, we'll just get into really quickly. See if I can do this in like a minute. Uh, we have a stream sales that we do every Wednesday and Friday night from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Mountains time. Yep. Uh, just go on our Facebook. Really easy. We explain it all right there. Really fun. Uh, just check it out every uh, Wednesday and Friday night. Uh-huh. Uh, we also have a couple of book clubs. We have a manga book club that meets on the second the last Thursday of every month and we have a regular comic book club that meets on the last Thursday of every month uh, tomorrow we're actually uh, sitting down to talk about Dark Knights, a true Batman story written by Paul Dini 
Uh, next, uh, but you guys, uh, when you find out, uh, when you hear this, we'll hear that the next book we're going to be doing is what we're talking about in this today's episode. We're going to be talking about Day Tripper um, for our next book club report, mm-hmm. our next uh, meeting. <clears throat> so, uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, also, we have a Twitter, a we have an song. Instagram. Yes, um, always <laughs> uh, definitely check those out. Love it. All right. All right, with that, I think we should slide into our Picks of the Week, or pal. Pow. Pow. Picks of the Week. Who wants to go first? I'm going to start off with Zach. Okay. Pow. All right. Zachary, tell us what you like. So, Zachary. Uh, Zachary. funny enough, I didn't mean to tie this in, but it Zachary, did anyway. Uh, my pick from last week was Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 27. Uh-huh. This is uh, part two of the Fall of the Gods storyline, and it's Hal and Kyle. Look at um, that transition. It is Hal and Kyle uh, helping out Orion <laughs> as he's being um, hunted. in the GLC. Yep, uh, as he's being hunted by this um, uh, crazy... Uh, God killer kind of a thing. Huh. Uh, really interesting. Um, I will. I don't think it's a big spoiler, but this creature that you see on page number one, uh, they say in here that he is made out of nth metal. Uh oh. <laughs> so <laughs> that sounds not so hot. <laughs> yep. Um, so I picked this because again, I love the the uh, I love the uh, new God stuff, and. Uh, they, this storyline that they're doing right now is introducing uh, Orion to the Green Lantern Corps, and he is being um, a badass as usual. The artwork in this is really good. Really good. Uh, I really dig it quite a bit. Um, I've talked about Green Lan- Hal Jordan the Green Lantern Corps before. Uh, it's... Uh, um, if you like Green Lanterns, definitely check it Panels out. Panels are really cool in that. In yeah, that cool is. panel. Uh, yeah, the artwork in here I think has been really good. And, um, yeah, the artist is uh, uh, Rafia Sandoval. I was looking at the colorist. Oh, and the colorist, yeah. Sandoval. Tomu Mori. Yeah. Um, Where do I know Sandoval from? Digging that color. <laughs> yeah, the colors in here are cool. The the writing here is uh, by Robert Venditti, who I talked about when he did number 25. Mm-hmm. Um, how how uh, how uh, good it's been. J.H. Williams, remember, it's totally what it reminds me of. This right panel, there, that yeah. panel, yeah. Uh, like I said, symbol, yeah. Yeah, so this is a... This is a really fun comic. I love the Green Lanterns um, always, but this run from Rebirth has really been kicking it up a notch. And uh, bringing in Orion and the New Gods and the wonderful art in this just uh, make it a, uh, a must-buy. So uh, if you have not picked it up, you can start with number 26. That was the first part. This is the second, but uh, I highly recommend it. Excellent. Well, Sean, why don't you throw out yours then? I don't think I picked this because I think this was last week. So uh, shirtless bear fighter number three, but I think we sold out of it so fast. I think we did, yeah. That it was yeah. just yeah. gone. It, um, it was gone crazy fast. I don't know. I don't know. If you haven't read the comic, it's hilarious. I've picked it before. Yeah. I don't know how much more I can say about it. It's, it's each issue builds off the last, and you get a really good twist at the end of issue three, mm-hmm. leading into the to the last two parts of this book. So it's only going to be five issues total. Um, it's I've, hilarious. I've tried to get number ones back in here, and I'm trying to get number threes back in here. But yeah, it's it's just a fun book. I would dude. agree. I it's think just straight up fun. It, that is. We talk a lot about serious comics and horror comics and superhero comics and humor comics. To me, are difficult. Yes, they are. You know, it's hard to pull off humor Mm -hmm. in this medium, and this one's almost slapstick. It's hilarious. Oh yeah. You know, well, it's just got good like tip of the hats to correct. They just capture their premise and really just (laughs) take that premise to all of its angles. Well, they take the um, medium of comics and they use that in their humor. Uh-huh. It's not just a um, delivery well, method like for, for example, their humor. The, the bear plane. Yes. Right. It's, exactly. It's covered in... It's a plane it's, that's covered in... And it looks like the bears. X-Men's... Um, yes. Blackbird. Bird. Blackbird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying, is that they use that. They use that hilarious visual of a bear plane, right. but they use the history of the X-Men. Um, and most comic book people, even if, you, if you're if not you an X-Men fan, have seen it. If you gotten enough pixelated penis in your comics... Yes, there's some, but like, but like, <laughs> you'll like, get some. Like the thing that always, the thing that cracked me up in issue one was when the government pays him in maple syrup and flapjacks. Yes, and he takes the syrup and he rubs it against his teeth to make sure that it's pure. It's pure, yeah, <laughs> yep, it's hundred percent pure maple. That, see, I, I laughed. That was really funny. The last so. one that I read had a scene 
trying to avoid spoilers, but this won't spoil anything. It should make you want to read it. Had a scene where there was an interrogation going on, and the gentleman had to defecate and had trained bears bring him a golden toilet into which he sat upon it and while still interrogating someone took a relieved himself and, and then the bears had to clean up after him that's and, yeah, he hates bears I mean and this it's story. a very serious moment in the comic and I was just like what the you hell just, you don't get this anywhere else <laughs> no you don't bear fighter yeah so. it's hilarious so, so yes, I dig it. Yeah, well, I agree. It's a great comic. Definitely pick up. Real yeah, fun. And I think my it's been my pick for one and two too. So. Yeah, yeah. You've yeah. been on board with this train, and I think it's important because people are gonna because it's such a short print. No one's really gonna be talking about it. it it's just one of those ones that you need to shine a light on because exactly. it's, it's good. You yes. don't want to miss it. Exactly. Um, what about you, Richard? So my pick is kind of in the same light. Uh, it's not a shocking pick for me, but it is something that I think people will miss. Yeah, well, we don't really it. talk about this book at all. Right. Um, so. so this is Batgirl number 14. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, I read the first couple Batgirls and was impressed, but it wasn't like a pick of the week style for me. It's not something I normally say, this is something you have to read. If sure. you like Batgirl or you like that, uh, you, obviously you'll enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't doing anything crazy outside the box that I was like, someone needs to see this. Yeah. Uh, uh, the very first thing that caught my eye here was the cover done by Dan Mora. Uh, I really enjoyed the cover, and I was like, oh, that's a uh, Klaus. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read, and so it is a great cover. Yeah. So I picked it up, and I'll another thing about me is I'm a sucker for when they started New Fifty Two. One of the things that I I realized that good or bad about myself is that when they started going back in time and explaining more origin story, yeah. I was all over it. I was feverishly all over it. Sure. So I realized that you they like have me hook, line, and sinker anytime they go backwards and kind of show a little bit more of the origin story, Yeah. Um, I'm in. Yeah. And this story has that kind of element in here. Yeah. The beginning one kind of sets it up kind of like a uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer epic with uh, Batgirl and Nightwing meeting up with two people that uh, they got an anonymous text to meet, okay. said that they are the chaos of Gotham, and it ended up being uh, a meet, and these two girls jump off a roof and die, <laughs> and they have to, they kind of start talking about who who the particular twins look like. Sure. Bad day. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the artwork in here, uh, to me, has a Subtle hint of Darwin Cook. Um, it is uh, Chris Wildgoose, which I haven't heard of. I've not heard of either. Right. Wow! But I really enjoy his artwork. Like if you're, yeah, just zooming through, like I, I just enjoy. Well, yeah, no. When you when this came out last week, you read it. Yes. And the first thing you came up to me was that you said, "Look at this art." <laughs> yeah. And I went, "Okay, let me look." And I, it was really good. Yeah. There's uh, Darwin. Like a lot of things that we've discussed. Um, unlike the great Jack Kirby, we have, there's a simplest style to it. You know, Darwin Cook's one of my favorite with a simplistic style. And this one has the soft lines that kind of just, it's just inviting and easy to look at. And it's so simple that you can almost miss the really intense backgrounds that are illustrated behind them. So all in all, I think the artwork's fantastic on here. There's a fantastic um, Dick Grayson joke in here that I keep showing everyone. And, again, you get Old Robin with the new 52 suit, which you don't, you just don't get enough of Dick Grayson as Robin from New 52 Universe, which sure. is currently canon. Yeah. So uh, I like all of that. I found an interesting part of his suit that I want more explanation about, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the story's great. It takes you on an adventure, and it's the very first beginning of a new arc called Summer of Lies. So if you haven't read anything of Batgirl... You can jump in. You can jump in right here. It's no big deal. You don't need to read anything previously. This is a new arc um, by Hope Hope Larson. Okay, cool. Uh, great pickup. Uh, maybe give it a shot if you're in the Batman universe anyway. I'll dig it. I'll dig it. Okay. All, All right. right. With that, I think we should go ahead and spin the racks. Right. Spin the racks. Spin in the racks. All right. Well, so we have uh, a few podcasts ago. 
we did a breakdown of After Death, AD After Death, with yep. Jeff Lemire, Scott Snyder. The yep. three of us read it and then kind of broke down what we thought About. the book was. Yeah. And, and it was an intense read and very, um, you know, uh, in te- uh, I guess deep, for yeah. lack of better wording. And so we broke those down, just what it meant to us, how we felt about it, and we got a really good um, response from the we audience did. for that. So thank you so much for listening and giving us feedback, because that's the most important thing. Yes. And so, because of that feedback, yep. I've, uh, Zach came to us and said, why don't we just make this a thing where we read um, really in-depth books and kind of give a breakdown. De- in-depth books that not only we think you should read, but possibly you might have missed. Yes. Um, because of they're just sitting on the shelves, surrounded by these other uh, other stories. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. um, so Zach brought this book called Day Tripper, and go ahead, Zach, and take a little bit of where Day Tripper came from. Um, yeah. Who it was by and yeah. So Day Tripper was a, a little synopsis. Day Fabio Tripper Moon and Gabriel Ba. Yeah, Fabio Moon, Gabriel Ba. Uh, they did this comic with Vertigo. Um, has to be almost ten years ago now. Yeah, um, I think it was two thousand. 11. Yeah. So, I was okay. say 10, but. Okay, yeah. So, oh no, it does say 10. Yep. So, uh, so seven, uh, seven, almost eight years um, ago. And it's a 10 issue miniseries. Uh, you can get it all in one collected book, which is another thing I kind of wanted to do is, you know, make sure it's something easy, not right. 50 uh, issue yeah. run or something <laughs> yes. like that. It's a six year story arc. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, uh, I think Sean and I, uh, we both picked these up when they were coming out. And well, I read the first one, and it was like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, the, 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 yeah when, you, when you read the first one, you go, what? What's going on? And then... Because it's kind of, you know, it's, it feels like a weird slice of life story. Yes, exactly. And you're kind of going through you're it. You're like, oh, this is a vertigo and slice of life this isn't going to be a big surprise, but at the end of the first chapter, he dies. Right. Yes. And you're going... Oh. Well, wait. Where are we going to go from here? <laughs> that seems yeah. kind of abrupt. Well, and then and then the very next issue, um, it's kind of the same character, yeah. and it's kind of the same circumstances. Kind of, it's it's got the same basic cast. Yeah, but they're either older, younger, kind of a different setting. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're in different a different place in their life. Like instead of being a surfer, maybe right. he's a dad. Yeah, right. Um, and at the end of issue two, uh, he dies. Right. <laughs> and then issue three comes back, and each time you get the new issue, um, they don't talk about him dying, and you're going, "What's going on?" Well, after a while, and this, I, I believe, this is on the back of the book too, um, and I believe it's in some of the uh, some of the praise in there uh, that each issue is uh, each issue. He, he dies. All ten issues at the end of it, uh, the, the character dies. But the the reason to read this book is um, the different things are trying to say with each different issue, in right. my opinion. Um, because, like you're saying, is that it's it's kind of the same person, or if we want to get deep, the same soul, but it's at different times. One time he's old, one time he's young, one time he's married, one time he's not... One time he's a bum on a beach, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It's been a little while since right. I didn't reread this so, for this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, so, I, so, with anyway, that synopsis, a, yeah. um, I want to let everyone know that if you're going to the book club, go ahead and pause this podcast. Yes. Read the book. Come to the book club. Maybe listen to this after that. But uh, if you're worried about spoilers, go ahead and stop listening now. We are going to spoil this like we did after death. We're going to talk about yes. the issues, what it meant to us, and what actually happened or what we feel happened. Um, there is slight room for interpretation on this one. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not as vast as AD, AD but um, if you don't want anything ruined, go ahead and pause now yes. and come back after you've read it. If you're interested in Day Tripper and you, spoilers aren't going to ruin it, uh, this is again like After Death. I think we can spoil the crap out of it. It's but, still not going to come close to the actual book. Yes. Like if you read this book, even if you knew everything about it, you'll it's going to hit you. You'll get something different. Yeah. yeah. It's if this book is a book that um, different things are going to mean different things to people. Because mm-hmm. uh, like I said, when we if when we start getting into what we like or whatever, my one of my favorite issues may not be your favorite issue. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like right. you said, it's all going to be open to who you are. And that's one of the reasons why I picked this. Right. And the reason why I want to talk about it is because this is a book that I think you should read. Mm-hmm. Even though I you know, even though I just said that he dies at the end of it, that's not the big thing. It's nothing at all. No. Yeah. That is, so. that is minor. Yes. So, 
that's your spoiler alert. From here on out, we're going to go break into it. Yep. All right. So the one thing I want to tell you guys was that I couldn't imagine reading this issue by issue, waiting a month to <laughs> read the way life goes when you're yeah. doing singles sometimes. Yeah. Yep. So I commend you, especially around the end. Uh, this mm-hmm. thing had me captured so hard that I was just flipping. We should read Planetary. Yeah, it's... And then realize it took me like 12 years to get through all that. <laughs> well, hey, we, we might... Uh, I've never sat down and read all Planetary, so we might do that. Um, yeah, I read it as it was coming out in issue yeah. form, and there the was like, like 12 stupid freaking gaps in yep. between the last few <laughs> issues. Like, 9 and 12 months between two different Jeez. issues. And I was just like, dude, just finish it, please. I just want to read the end. So sometimes reading it single issue form right. is a little rough. So... Because you just want the next tic-tac. I, I uh, have the benefit of quite literally just reading this. Yes. I finished it before I came into work today. Uh, started last night. And um, it's incredible. Yes. Uh, another book that hit me right in the heart. Yep. And You could have met these guys at Denver Comic Con a couple years ago. And I, I, do, do they have other works? Fabio they do. Room? They do other stuff. I don't know that they do stuff together, but they definitely right. have other work that they've done. Yeah, this was kind of their big thing that they did together um, themselves. But <coughs> if I remember correctly, wasn't one of them the artist on Umbrella Academy? Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. that I think uh, the artist was the one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, they. Yeah, and like Sean said, they they have been here before. But I didn't even think about it about going and. And I'm pretty sure it's. Fabio is the artist, mm-hmm. Fabio Moon. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out because there is a beach scene in here and the water scene here. Uh, that is Dave. Oh, yeah, I did Casanova too. Oh, yeah. Casanova, yeah. Dave Stewart. Mm-hmm. The colorist on this is Dave Stewart. And I think that the water scene caught me crazy off guard because of how good it looked. Oh, yeah, it looks great, yeah. Uh, so I wanted to mention his name. Uh, incredible work. Well, but, there are some just panels in here that are breathtaking, and then at the very corner, you see that they have some initials there, <laughs> right. and I'm like, yes, because he knew that this was going to be a, uh-huh. a great panel here. The, the talent of drawing the same character in different stages of his life. Yes. Uh, just discuss that a minute. Fabio Moon. <laughs> it's, it's, we've it's we've discussed, as Sean, in length about um, visuals in the face. Terry Moore being one of our favorites. Sure. Of expression through... They're brothers. They are brothers. Yes. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't remember. I believe they're twins. I don't know if they're twins, but I, thought they, I definitely thought they were brothers. They are definitely brothers. But uh, part they, of... I thought they both did both, too. Part of expression with face and uh, uh, is also the aging and keeping the character's features, you know? Yeah. A lot of times, I could argue that um, Dark Knight Returns, which is one of my favorites, with Frank Miller as the artist, also one of my favorites, I would I could tell you that that's Bruce Wayne. But it's not because it has features of Bruce Wayne. It's because he said that's Bruce Wayne, and he's wearing a bad outfit. And when he <laughs> takes it off, that's Bruce Wayne behind it. You know, sure. there are certain characteristics, and this we're introduced to someone brand new. Oh, and how do you say his name? How do you guys pronounce it? Oh, uh, it's Braz, is what I kept calling him. Oh yeah, yeah, I say Braz, yeah. Okay, because I'm terrible with accents. Sure. So well, and that's another thing. It's Jorge and Braz is what I got yeah. out of it. Well, and that's another thing that's so unique about this is that, um, for somebody who hasn't read this or looked at it, mm-hmm. uh, this is going to be um, from a South American perspective mm-hmm. because right. that's where they're from. Mm-hmm. And so this all takes place in South America. So it's not New York or you right. know, L.A. or anything. So, so, But I think that really adds to it with the different, you know, the way they live and the way they think about um, things and... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great art there. But, um, but yeah. So for me to be introduced to Braz and then not only be introduced to him, but then being exposed to him in different stages of his life, being forty-seven all the way to eleven. Yep. And still under like actually getting the features of Braz in there, yeah. I think is unique. Sure. And pretty pretty spectacular. Sure. Being um, able to draw somebody at various ages in there. Right. And sustain that, like, permanence, you know? Because you look like you at a, in a certain angle at 8 that mm-hmm. you look like at now at 42. And that'd be incredibly difficult to draw that. I mean, work and do it. 
Who, yeah, right. And, and there's certain I, artists that can do it. Correct. They do it well. And these guys are one of them. They are one of them. Yes. Um, so, uh, so let's. I think we've talked about the art. We talked about the colorist. Anything else immediately physically about it the is, book? I don't know why, but it's always really funny to me that you focus in on the colorist. Sometimes I think that I, color- I can understand how color can add or detract from Correct. the story. I get that. Well, see, I would argue that colorists don't have. Uh, well, and it's very. It's like more of a watercolory color with yeah. this book yes. to make it more dreamlike. Right. Well, so. and colorists I, don't get credit. Well, it's not about the credit as much as like I will say this: like an artist, uh, the penciler, has much more of a hard time. Uh, he has a harder time. He has more leverage to to distract from the story. Or add to it. Uh, I believe that the colorist has the opportunity to enhance that story in full, but will have a, a very hard time to actually deter from it. You know, if you can get it in the lines and potentially, and your shading's decent. If the sun's yellow, there's a shot who, who that you're, you're fine. Is, the yeah. story and the pencils are going to carry me. Yeah. But when a colorist does above and beyond and then takes you into a new atmospheric part of it, I think that's when you really got to recognize the power that you know that makes it unique because you would when I look at this I don't see other especially in the colors I don't see well the colors it in puts this one definitely there, you gives know? you it gives you a mood every time in each yeah. scene um so yes <laughs> I'm a weird like that but that's no. one of my things that's fine uh but yeah so anything else about the physical story especially as they came out did this gain any kind of traction during in the store did you guys start preaching it up as much as you could but like well, I I'll tell, tell you I didn't about hear it, about Daytrooper well, so here's the thing selling, selling a book like this is a very specific type thing yes correct like it is it is geared towards people like me that are usually looking for something a little different uh-huh. you know you're not looking for your typical capes and tights this is not a superhero book no you're looking for something outside of the norm and selling this book to somebody who just wants to read Batman or just wants to read Avengers Uh it's not going to happen right they have to really want to kind of stretch out you know they're going to want to have to reach outside that that playing field Uh go outside the boundaries and and find something else and every once in a while you can catch somebody with something like this yes now everybody that I I kind of had the feeling would enjoy this because they've tried to read other things yes right um They've really enjoyed it. Right. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll take to it. But explaining to people what it is without really giving the whole idea away is yeah. a well, little bit more and, and difficult. The biggest I, I like to try to, when I'm selling books like this to people, I like to try to give them the basic idea yeah. where it's going to catch their interest, yeah. but not give anything away because I want them to experience it like I experienced totally. it. Well, and, I want and, them to read it and be like, oh crap, this was awesome. I do feel bad because it's the, the best way to sell this is take this home because yeah. that's what it was doing to me so I had no idea what it was I just said we said we were going to do uh, another book and Zach picked Day Tripper and I was like cool never heard of it and he gave it to me and I didn't know a thing about it no so I experienced it completely fresh and it was intense and and oh, I sure uh, I well, couldn't be happier well that's the thing is that um, Sean and I when we were reading these um uh you know, monthly as they were coming out. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things was, um, I mean, it took us a couple of issues before we see what we understood what was going on. Totally. Because the first couple issues um, that came out, him and I picked it up. We thought this looked cool. We liked the art, you know, and we're like, yeah, let's, you know, um, we're, uh, both Sean and I are big Vertigo fans. Yep. Classic Vertigo stuff is our, um, we love it. Um, and we're like, okay, yeah, it's a Vertigo book. Definitely give it a shot. And I remember having conversations with Sean, and I said, did you read this Day Tripper? You know, whatever, issue two, issue three. And he said, yeah. Because do we know what's going on? And he and he would say, him and I both for a while there, just for a couple of issues, said, no, we don't. Because we're thinking about it in a I thought comic it was arc. Be like a comic arc, but it's basically vignettes. But it's yeah. yeah Yes, exactly. And, and then is, once each one is its own slice of life, right. each one is its own each, story yes. to make you think about the situation that these two, these characters are in. Yes. And what they're dealing with before the eventual death. Right. And like you said, that's and hard it, to you can put pitch yourself to in any one of these stories. Yes. Well, especially as you get older and you, your family starts dying and yes. you're facing the your own mortality and you're you're starting to seriously look at that and you're not as carefree as you might have been anymore. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, there's the very, there's the story about the innocence of youth and still losing your life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. when he's 11 you yeah. know and then you get to be old and you get to be midlife crisis and you get to be you get to be all these different things in this book 
and what it means to be in these situations and facing your death. Right. Uh, one of the things on the back that I thought described it the best was that they take simplistic moments in life and ask intensely deep que- the the intensely deep question behind the shadows. Yeah, and how many times have you been in these situations right. where maybe you're hanging out with your pregnant wife, right, and something is going wrong? Well, or uh, so. Uh, so not to confuse everybody, we'll talk about real quick how this is actually put. Um, we have a Roz, who is a uh, obituary writer, yeah. coming from a family of writers, is kind of like uh, in love with the idea of becoming a writer of his own right. Yes. He, uh, it's his life, and through this, issue by issue, he's essentially going through a stage of his life, and um, with essentially the same... There's like a set of rules that are the same uh, in each each issue. It's always bras. He's always essentially heading towards being an obituary writer, or moving in different stages of his life. Yeah. And it's his, but it's a situation or a time in his life. And then at the very end of the episode, uh, issue, he will pass. And then it, it does a little obituary writing of himself. Yes. Um, and that goes all the way until the end. Yep. Um, where and this is the big spoiler, right? We find him. Uh, um, in an and it could be or not be a big spoiler, but there's That's another really situation good, where he, it's his eldest experience, yes. and he uh, has cancer and he dies, and yes. they kind of explain he explains himself once in the obituary there. Yes. Well, and and so and as, as you're dealing with these different moments in your life, to me. It's very much like the end, the death at the end is the passing. I, I've right. been past this point of my life. Right. You know, you don't necessarily die technically, but you've mastered that point. Right. So where else is there to go after this? Correct. He's you know, very moved to the next section. He's very somber at. at this point. So. Yeah. Well, and um, well, like I said, I mean, I don't know if we want to get into that part part of the uh, discussion. So I think I explained that. Is there anything you want to add to the physical met of the story? Was that? I don't think so. I think generally? we should get into. Okay, so let's I, get into what you feel about this story. Yes. Um, What's it about? Kind of talk about your favorite issue. Yeah. Zach, mm-hmm. um, and we'll break that down as fast as we can. Yeah. So go. Um, so, <laughs> um, well, this does remind me of another book, by the way. I'll bring that up in the end. Okay. Um, so to me, pick it for the next one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for me, this story, uh, what's it about? Um, I think the 10th issue, um, at the very end is what it's about. Um, yes. Uh, when he says, I, when, when he says that, uh, at the very end, the older, uh, bras says, uh, when you realize that you're gonna die, and there's nothing you can do about it, at age 76. At age 76, he goes. He goes. Once you realize that you're gonna die, um, and you accept that fact, that's when the miracle of life happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for me, this whole story, all ten issues, we're talking about. Um, I mean, it. I think it's just a really artistic, beautiful way of reiterating. Um, to live in the moment, to live your life with uh, with conviction and with um, passion. with passion, because you never know when it's going to go, <laughs> and and that's what I think that they're doing here is that they're showing you that the soul of Braz, um, every he loves writing, he loves um, in here he loves smoking a certain type of cigarettes right. throughout the different thing, different things. Concords, that, I think it was called. Yeah, something, something like that. But but the different South American brand or something. Yeah, the yeah, different but the different soul the, the soul of the person is the same but different things can happen you know uh, there's one in here where he's a little boy and he's playing with a kite near an electrical wire and he electrocutes himself to death and dies uh-huh. one he's gonna try and go and save a, and help a friend and he you know, that was a twisted one uh yeah and he he gets murdered by him yeah his friend goes crazy um so it's and and it's just reiterating that um I can't remember was he like on drugs or whatever he had gone he had survived a plane crash and realized that his life as a photographer meant nothing, so he went to go find himself uh, and try to do something meaningful. But he couldn't. He couldn't find anything meaningful, so he ended up being a homeless man that would just stand on the end of this town. And uh, the only thing he actually did was write a postcard to Bras. Yeah. And uh, Bras went to go find and him lady, to help him. This lady was like, 
I sent it because if that it's literally the only thing he's ever done is write these postcards. So I had to send it to you because you have to be someone special in his life. Oh, okay, I remember yeah. that now. And then he's like, "Hey, man, we can we can fix this. We can help you." But he was like long gone. He had realized that. Yeah, he fell off. Okay, right. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So um. So in his weird old mind, he thought he needed to take him and his best friend out of this insignificant existence. And exactly. Went yeah. To town on well, and and that's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the uh, that's the thing is uh, each issue is going to be different because of the way that he goes, but also, like you said, what they're kind of trying to say, and also, um, I think that the and it says on the back, what are the days that are most meaningful in your life? Right. Uh, you know, a lot of people put in this emphasis that oh, when I met the president, that was the worst day of my life. When I signed a big contract to play football, that was a meaningful time in my life. Um, but we don't sit around and think about. Um, well, you don't think about the space in between. You don't think about that, and you don't think about, um, you know, was isn't this wonderful uh, to. Uh, see my child get born or um you know whatever whatever it is they're just trying to say with this book um it's the small moments where the real joy is right and chasing and going after um some huge thing or something that's worthwhile Mm -hmm. uh a sometimes unattainable but b it can be taken your life can be taken from you anytime not even by like the illness or something like that you know, one of us today driving home in our car can get a car accident, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, are we happy with our lives? Are we good with what we've done? Um, you know, that sort of a thing. Right. Uh, my favorite issue was the second one. Okay. Um, I loved... Uh, it's when he goes to the... Um, it's when he goes to the uh, beach, and he... Uh, finds a woman in a uh, boat, yep. and he talks to her, and he flirts with her, and they stick around. Um, and is it the one with the funeral with the boats at the end? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, and which is kind of yeah, it's an explanation of something later to come. But yeah, and they're doing this um, ceremony for a it's a ritual of wishes. Yeah, and uh, he goes out on the boat and. Uh, he thought he found, you know, the new love of his life, and he drowns, but it's this weird, awesome, he's always wanted to be with her, but she was probably the goddess of the sea that this ceremony is about, right. and so he is with her, but he's dead, you know, right. and... Um, <laughs> It's very ambiguous, and I and I like that. I like love stories. I'm an Hilarious. old I'm an old uh, romantic softy at heart, so I like right. the the love story. But just the what does that mean? You know, yeah. did he find happiness? Is are they together, or did he just drown in a boat? You know, you can yeah. you can take this. Or did you just? Well, that's the thing boat. that I like about this book is that you can just take it at face value, and yeah. you can go, "This is just a book where some guy gets offed at the end of every right. issue." Or you can that's go wacky. Yeah. <laughs> or you yeah. can find the inner meaning to it. Or you right. can go in the inner meaning and go, yeah. "What does this mean?" Because you know, if you say, "Oh, well, he just drowned uh, because he was crazy and he thought he saw a goddess here." Right cool right but if you think that you know he found true love and he finally found it and and again is this saying that if you find somebody who's your true love does that make your life meaningful is that worth your life you know what i mean and that's up to you it doesn't say it is or not it's just saying he finds somebody that he feels is his true love and he dies but he found the true love isn't that what we're all searching for it's that kind of a thing of like for you what do you think is meaningful and they do different um different uh stories so that you can see where it is for you who is the the famous narrator of the twilight zone that's early yeah, every time I read the ending, heard I read, it did Rod Sterling. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Just so you know. There you go. All right. Picture, if you will. Right. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's how I was reading. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, so I'll, I'll slide off of you in that aspect, Zach, because um, it's kind of interesting that my, um, my favorite story is actually the one after that. Okay. Um, but... Uh, there's a couple things like uh, the the thing the biggest thing I got from this book, especially from the ending, was the entire book was kind of saying the exact same thing, that the gift is the understanding of your lack of control, 
mm-hmm. and it felt like it was going through his life, and regardless of what stage, mm-hmm. the the opportunity of removal of that gift is just as sporadic as the gift itself, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I found something comforting in that. Um, with AD, um, when I was reading it, I felt more of an ominous, eerie feeling. Yes. Um, kind of being described uh, uh, to us, where this felt... A hell of a lot more warm and encouraging yes. of the of the part of our chapter that's already written and not to worry about. You yes. Know? Yes. We all have to die. Right. So if you worry about it, and it's something that makes you not live. Right. Then you're not living. Well, not only that, but regardless of how you worry about it, that your story is being written regardless. You know, yeah. even if he stops writing, as he says several times in this, people still die. You know. He's not the death dealer. He's just trying to give people their story. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite cha- chapter is chapter three, when he is twenty-eight, and he's actually, um, and this kind of this should show you how this book is written. Uh, Zach, where he believed the goddess of the sea kind of disappeared. Yes. Uh, he's actually with her in this episode. Yes. And she moved in with him and left uh, Brazil to be with him, and they are having this fight. And the very first thing is she says, "I hate you, you piece of shit." And leaves and leaves him, yeah. and then it goes through a like a day of him uh, trying to get over the fact that he just lost the potential love of his life, and what's the meaning of existing after that? And so it's okay, Richie. Take my hand. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's we'll not get, your fault. We'll get man. through this. Not you, it's Sean. Not, your fault. <laughs> not you, man. Um, but you know, he talks to his dad about love lost, and he goes to art shows, and he keeps seeing. Um, like any anything that reminds him of his girls, uh, he's looking at a piece of artwork, and the artwork is of a, a beautiful lady, and the beautiful lady looks at him and goes, "You're a piece of shit," <laughs> like, and he just keeps reiterating his head because his dad says that, tells him that, um, he loved his mother, and one of the reasons he loves his mom is because of the first day they met. Yeah, it wasn't so much the amount of work that they had to put in to be together for this long. Even the children that they raised was excellent moments, but he'll never forget the day that he met her, mm-hmm. and the smile that he he received from her, and knowing that this is a moment that when I lose all other moments, that moment will be the last moment I have. Yeah, and that's why I love your mother. And uh, he goes through the day in horror f- believing that the moment that he's going to have forever is you're a piece of shit and uh, <laughs> that the love of his life is uh, that's what he's going to live with and the very last thought he'll have is that um, and then randomly at a market he uh, catches the glance of another beautiful woman and it dazes him yep. uh, so much to the point that he pisses off everyone in line because he's just staring at this girl for too long and he walks away uh, just kind of enjoying her her smirk and he's shedding the he's not thinking about you're a piece of shit anymore and he talks about like how happy he is and jovial and he doesn't understand why and he's mm-hmm. like we could have babies and we could do this and he goes mm-hmm. he, re- he recognizes like this is that moment this is what his dad was talking about and he he, he challenges that moment so he rushes toward back towards her back to the market uh, and and says she already knows we we but we shared this I can't wait to smile and say hello and know her name and as he's running towards her a truck hits him <laughs> on his way there yep and he you dies know? and yep, so in his the, last thought and his last thought is that smile yep and that happiness and that thought and I thought that was poetic yep um and and the hilarious part of these stories is that those are moments of uh moments of like uncanny storytelling <laughs> and it's not even as a whole this book does that on a even different level yes. you know uh so just i thought excellent piece um that story really resonated with me as someone that went through a really bad breakup and then found someone else i loved and kind of sure. understood that process and sure uh again i think the the vast difference in both AD and this kind of deal with essentially the same aspect, but with a completely different perspective lens. Yes. And this just shows you, it's a really great dynamic of showing how, how different writing can be and how great it can be either way. Yes. So, 
Sean, what about you, my friend? I don't think I have a favorite. Okay. Mostly because, like you said, it's all the little moments that make up the whole. Right. But I like all the little moments. Correct. I like thinking about the things that capture your your thought, like you said, with the last story where you're you're thinking about the uh, I hate you into the smile. I mean, I don't know how many. I'm 42 now. I'm still relatively youngish. Uh Uh-huh. Well, and that, by, uh, by today's standards, hopefully. <laughs> when I was reading this, when I was reading this, I was like, the interesting part about this is like, we're all kind of like separated by a certain amount of years. I think it was eight between us. I don't know. I'm 15. You're, he's 15 off 15, from me. Yeah. And I'm 33. So I'm 10 off of you. Uh-huh. You're five off of me. Yeah. So, so it's like. And well, and as you get older, you, there's different moments in your life you hit that you think about stuff like that, that this <laughs> book this, addresses. And this sure. runs through them all. The, and this yes, runs through so many different different yeah. areas of life that I mean I, I remember the thought of the first time I was getting a divorce right and I remember thinking that I'm never going to get past this feeling correct of being just feeling like the worst person on the earth for doing this right you know because I was the one who asked right and I felt like I kept remember equating it to being in a stagecoach that I had no control over and there's no driver and the horses are running full speed towards right. the edge of a cliff that I can't avoid. Mm-hmm. That's what that's all of feeling, that yeah. that's what that's all of that felt yeah. like when I was breaking up with, with my first wife. Right. Yeah. And it, it, there's moments in this book where you're reading it and it recaptures those that, type that of moment, feelings. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those type of moments. And I like each story individually for that reason. Absolutely. Yeah. Because well, it captures those moments for me. You know, yes. it, may, it takes me back to Oh, yeah, when I was a kid and I was a dumb kid and I decided it was a good idea to do blah, I could have died here, but I didn't, you know right. what I mean? Right. Or whatever other little moments there might be. So the work as a whole, I mean, they honestly could have done this book for more issues than they did. I thought the same thing. But it's better that they didn't because I, yeah. you don't want to you don't want to take away from anything that's poignant and already been said. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. you can do little vignettes of each of these types of stories for different right. slices of life for different things. Yeah. Probably for ever 20, 30, yeah. 40 issues, easy. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that they only kept it down to, hey, these are what we want to tell. They this did is the what broad we want to do. Yeah. You know, this is take yeah. this piece. You know, examine it with your own life. Examine it with how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, take this next piece. Examine it here. Look, reflect, you know, because you can plug yourself into almost any one of these stories. Absolutely. Especially the older you get. Well, yes. <laughs> so. The whole um, issue when he's 11, he discusses mm. about, like, visiting family and having the big family dinners and how that was, like, their summer uh, takeoff. And well, I when immediately you're a kid, go there. It's That's like it. you're... Family dinners and family functions and right. whatever the hell you're doing as a kid, you just want to go play. Well, he you just want to get on your bike and go yeah. ride your bike. You want to go do your thing that you want to do as a kid. You're not even thinking about death. It doesn't even cross your freaking mind. He talks about the moment he's watching television, right? Because the family got together for Carnival, and uh, they're watching a girl dance uh, naked on the television. Yep. And uh, I think his cousin says, um, I was going to go to that... Uh, or no, his aunt says I was going to go to that, but mom wouldn't let me. And uh, and he has this epiphany at eleven that he doesn't he doesn't talk about death. He just talks about how his mom is going to become his grandma, and his cousin's going to be naked on TV one day, and he's going to become his dad. You know, and it just kind of like oh, people get older. That's interesting at eleven. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and yes. <laughs> I was like, you you felt that moment at some time in your life where you're like, oh, hey, yeah, maybe you weren't eleven, maybe you were yeah, thirteen, be maybe you were one like day or something 10, like that. You know, nope, whatever right. it was, but you've had those moments. <laughs> you went through that, and I think it's it's beautiful that the way they describe it. Uh, the the relationship between him and his father, and really the inheritance of um, the gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think is poignant and and uh, honest. Yeah. Uh, the two, these two gentlemen <laughs> have a voice for sure, and this may this piece especially. I, I know it's already it's won New York Times bestseller and Eisner Award, so I know that it's already awarded, but people should be reading this. It's definitely a piece I think that well, should be yeah. It's actually really interesting to me talking to this, talking about this book on this day, because I was talking to Zach earlier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, right. It's been 15 years to the day since my dad passed. Right. That and this, this year, my dad would be 70 if he was still alive. Wow. 
so that is trippy. Thinking that about crazy. you know, yeah. thinking about the and I, it made me think about the last time I saw my dad. It made me think right. about working with my dad. It made me think about those slice of life moments that this book is addressing. Sure. Yeah, this, yep. puts it right there. This morning, I was like, yeah, this this one time I was driving with my father, uh-huh. and we were because I worked with him in a, in a work truck. It was just us two doing hardwood floors for right. three years. He's the one who trained me to do all that work, and uh-huh. out of the blue, my dad tells me that. I tried heroin once, and I liked it way too much to ever do it again. He just told you. What do you react? What do you do to that? (laughs) He just told you. Yeah, we were driving in the car, and he's like, "I'll never do it again because it was really cool." And I'm like, "Uh, you know, I'm twenty, twenty-one at the time, or whatever," and I'm just going, "What?" (laughs) You you don't think about your parents, no. But these are like the weird conversations. That's it. Yeah, I would have with my father. Absolutely. And it would just throw me into this, like, what the hell, you know? But I hadn't thought of that for 20 years, I don't know. Right. Whatever, right. however long it's been. I haven't thought of that until this morning. Right. And that's yeah. that whole... So <laughs> that, is, that is almost, like, exactly what this book is about. Yeah. Pretty much, So yeah. it's just really interesting to me that I didn't... I hadn't thought about my dad being dead for that long or those moments, really... Uh-huh. Until it, my mom had posted on Facebook about it that sure, it's right. been that long, and I was like, "Oh Jesus, it has been that Holy long." Cow, right. And then, of course, all those memories come back. Sure. Everything comes right back. But that's what this book is. Yeah. Well, so, and it's saying that those memories um, are and were important. And um, they even address that the potential part of your memory uh, could be a um, broad stroke of nostalgia and perhaps yeah. it's working out better than it actually is. Sure. There's that uh, in well, issue sometimes nine. given with time it, yeah. the, the seriously bad things that you thought were bad at one point in time aren't. Maybe aren't as right. bad. In issue well. nine he was talking about how they were dreaming and he's, his wife is screaming at him about how mm-hmm. he dreams too much and blah 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 and the kitchen's flooding and, and uh, he's like losing his mind about like maybe everything I thought of was it was just a painted, painted in a rose-colored tint? Sure. Well, yeah. I and mean, then, and yeah. then it then it slides back into that rose-colored tint is life. It's yes. It's the benefit of being you. Yep. Even if you have a shit life, you have life. You have and life. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and yeah. No, no, I I definitely agree. It's it's a. I also think just as we're wrapping up here. Um, yeah. I was gonna get final thoughts. Yeah. Um. I think that uh, this book is also kind of touching upon that thing that we as humans all do where we say oh if it was this way if it was that way things would be better um and saying that uh it doesn't matter the grass is always greener yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter if you don't have the car that you wanted or if you wish that you could live in california instead of colorado whatever it is because you're still gonna die and the moments well sometimes it's good just to sit in your backyard yeah and feel the wind on your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those like moments it, matter. As the sun's going down, and right. it's good to have that moment and be beside someone you love. Yep. Sometimes Having, those moments uh, are more important than, you know, the graduation that yes. is happening, that life moment. Because yes. life moments are always going to happen. Well, and like, I think it's issue, I think it's issue eight or nine, um, the one where you don't even see bras. It's yeah, just his, it's, it, it's just his uh, wife and his son, and his uh, kid. Son Miguel. Yeah, his son. Um that to me, that issue was about um, the love that his two that his family had for him is his legacy, and that was what import was important. Uh-huh. That was more important than him being in the story. You know, was right. that they're trying to say that, you know, in that issue, that one issue, that the love that people feel for you, that's important, not. What's he doing? You know, he wrote a book, but that doesn't matter that he wrote a book. That's not the legacy about why bras mattered in that one issue. It was the love that his family had for him. And they do that throughout the different book, you know, uh, with the different times. So um, I really think that this is a really good book for people. I definitely think that you should, if you're listening to this, you want to read something kind of like AD or something that's going to, you know. make you be introspective. Make you make introspective. Definitely pick this up because there's no right and wrong answers it's just a book about what do you think the do you know what do you think is the meaning of your life and what do you think that is is important because we all have to go but what is it you know 
And and they're not doing just the cliche, oh, it's the friends you have. Right. That may be a part of it, and they talk about that. Yeah. Maybe that is for you. Maybe Friendship might be the reason, yeah. It might be the reason. Or maybe it's love. Maybe love's the reason why, uh, why your life mattered. Maybe it's, um, you know, uh, whatever. The adventure of... Uh, playing with other kids and the innocence of youth, maybe that you know whatever it is, it's different things for different people, and that's why I think this is brilliant because they're not just saying the meaning of life is to love life or whatever. Right. It's saying here's ten different things. What what is it for you? Very so. very leaf in the wind. Yes. Very fluid. The story goes. Um, I think this is a good take. Is there anything you want to add? Um, if you decide to pick this book up and give it a go. The other book that is sort of similar to this one that I would highly recommend as well is Local. Local. By Brian Wood. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, is that a one shot? Like nope. A... It was 12 issues, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but you can get it all in one, one book. Trade, yeah. You can get it in yeah. one. I think it's one hardcover. It's one big book. Okay. Yeah. And the hardcover's not super expensive, but that's another one where you're following this one particular girl and you're at moments in her life that seem gotcha. important. Excellent. So um, the moments in her life are just... It's it's a similar of a story because of that because like how you react to those moments in your life. Okay, sure. So that's where the similarities come in. Nice, but yeah. uh, well, so I think we're gonna wrap it up. Yes. Uh, uh, but let us know the feedback on this as well. Right. Because um, I've been enjoying doing these. Yeah. And so we can continue and. Uh, oh, we absolutely will. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely continue and uh, we'll have Sean pick out something next and uh-huh. we can go. The other. Uh, thing I want to point out at the end of this is that again we are going to be doing this for next month's book club yes. which means that you can get this awesome book for 25% off or 30% off if you're a hold slot so yeah, that's great. not only is it a great time to read it and discuss with us what you felt um, you can get it for cheaper and save a few bucks yep well. yep so we get our copies I uh, coming in and right grabbing that as you hear this absolutely alright we'll see you guys next week that's right we're uh Potentially gonna have the girl take over, I believe. Yep, yep. Tease that out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, see you guys next week. Bye.